Let's get one thing out of the way. The phrase fantasy tight end is funny. No matter when, where, or why, it always gets humorous results. If only the position itself were this consistent. Sure, we know Gronk will be a big factor, but how healthy can he stay? And outside of Gronk, can anyone step up and be a weak winning weapon? Are any of these upside guys going to live up to the hype? It's time to talk about our favorite fantasy tight ends. Fantasy football, that is. Get your mind out of the gutter. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Welcome to Run Up the Score, everybody. My name is Donald Wagonblast. I am joined by my brother Scott and our good friend Tom Hillier. Hey, everybody. And we are here today to talk to you about our fantasy rankings for the tight end position for 2017-2018. It is a position that has been dominated by one party animal. Uh, in particular, but it seems like we've got a couple more beasts on his heels. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, our number one fantasy football tight end is not the consensus fantasy tight end this year, but it is still Rob Gronkowski. What do you mean? It's not our consensus number one. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Oh, he's our consensus, <laughs> but we don't all have him at number one. Yes. We got to get those words right because that's how we're going to operate from. <laughs> the jump, pretty much. But, yeah, Gronk, love him. Um, total position winner. Um, averages 69 yards a game. Career 69 touchdowns. Nothing funny about that. Nope. Not even a little. <laughs> Not even close. He's a, he's just a beast out there, and you, you bow down. One thing that um, I think is kind of cool, I think Cooks it will help with a little um... – safety attention not really that it will matter too much you know Gronk will do his fair share of spiking throughout the season um I just think that you know Cooks requires safety attention much differently than a Chris Hogan or a Julian Edelman type receiver and to compare that or to combine that excuse me with Rob Gronkowski only spells more Gronk spikes yeah the seam is going to be a dangerous spot oh yeah I didn't make Rob Gronkowski my number one tight end this year and I think as I'm looking at it, I think part of it is simply his ADP because there is a cult of Gronk, and I consider myself firmly in that cult of Gronk. But in terms of fantasy football, I'm not a member. I don't. I'm, he's not the guy I'm taking in the first two rounds as my tight end this year. I just don't see the value this year, especially with a couple of these other guys that we're going to be talking about because he just he's got to stay healthy, and he hasn't done that yet. And I know he gives you a big advantage, but if he's only giving you a big advantage for the first, you know, 10, 12 weeks of the season, you still have the four most important weeks of your season where you're not depending on him anymore. So for me, I'd rather get a guy who I feel like is a better chance of staying healthy for the rest of the year. And that's why he's not my number one. For for me, one of the, the most important reasons why I really like picking Gronk and having Gronk is how much further uh, like let's above the mean we'll say he is than a, than another tight end like he when he takes the field you know he is almost guaranteed for 20 and there's barely any tight ends that you can you can say that about true um 
The reason I don't have him at number one is because of our consensus number two tight end. And that's Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey was the highest scoring fantasy tight end last year. He played in all 16 games. When Jeremy Macklin got hurt, he was an even bigger part of their offense. And oh yeah, Jeremy Macklin is no longer on the Chiefs. Is that the driving force behind you having him the number one ranked? Also, just the fact that he you just you saw that he was getting more and more involved as the Chiefs season unfolded. So I think they finally figured out that if they figure out a way to get this guy the ball, not only can they control the control the pace of the game because he's so short-handed and so athletic, but he can also provide some explosive plays. This is a tight end who caught a 77-yard touchdown pass on a screen. That's right. On the outside portion of the field. And a lot of credit goes to the offensive line. This is a play that happened on Christmas Day and just so happened to seal a fantasy fantasy championship for me. So I'll admit my bias there. But just watching that, I was just thinking, I was like, outside of Gronk, I don't know if any other tight end can make that play. Maybe Jordan Reed. But again, there's another guy who you know can't really stay on the field. And obviously, so I don't know. his emergence, I think, was the driving force behind the Chiefs being so willing to, to cut Macklin and move on. Absolutely. Yeah, the offense really is going to run through him as far as the passing game. But it's worth noting that even though he finishes the number one tight end last year, it was like a down year as far as overall tight end points. And like any good Gronk year smashes that. Any good uh, Jimmy Graham year of old smashes that. Yeah, but think about how much champagne he drank in the offseason on catching Kelsey. I know. (laughs) He's going to be much more prepared this year. Well, this year he's he's different. His, his testosterone is naturally going to be lowered now that he's in a relationship. <laughs> I don't that's know. just science. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 that one that one was a little too over my head. Um, <laughs> I but like I will it. give you a stat to bring this back. Travis Kelsey had six straight games with over a hundred yards receiving. You know how many times Rob Gronkowski's done that in his career? I bet you're going to say like one or the zero. The answer is zero. Yeah. Do you know how many other tight ends have ever had a stretch like that in NFL history? None. Once again, the gonna, answer is zero. I was actually going to say so more than zero. We've got an elite level talent who his team knows they need to get him the ball to be successful. And he's, I think he's younger than Gronk. So I see him as a budding superstar in this league. Just so happens that. They wear the same number, and I believe it was... Uh, Von Miller. Called him... Fake-ass Gronk. Yes. So, <laughs> I don't think he's I don't think he's faking anything anymore. Except maybe the lo- whole love reality show thing. <laughs> Why do we keep going back to catching Kelsey? Number three on our fantasy tight ends is Greg Olson. This is a guy whose targets, catches, and receiving yards have increased every year he's been in Carolina. I don't know why they why he can't do it again. There's not a more consistent player at the position. He's had a thousand yards three years in a row. Yep, and gets his fair share of touchdowns. I you can lock him in for a thousand this year, barring injury. I mean, who else is there? It's just him and Kelvin. Who else Benjamin. is there that's proven the no way one. that he is? Right, no one. There's yeah, no one. Absolutely. Like I said, the offense runs through Travis Kelsey. I assume it's the exact same thing over there. Um, the offense runs through him as far as the passing game. That's right. And Cam loves him. And yeah, as he wouldn't. should. Yeah. And even when Cam's hurt, Derek Anderson loves him. Yeah, yeah there no you go. kidding. Number four, we've got Glass Jaw Jordan Reed. <laughs> I think I don't know if he listens to the band, but he's made of glass. That was the joke. <laughs> oh well 
Uh, you guys might get tired of me saying this for these three, but I promise this is the last one. The offense is going to run through him. Yeah, as especially well. so, now that they've lost Jackson and Garcon, which we really highlighted in our wide receiver rankings, which you guys should take a listen to if you haven't listened yet. Yeah, and the Redskins even came out and said, like, hey, look, Jordan Reed is the guy the offense runs through. Right. So we didn't lose that much. Right. They could say that all they want. I think they did lose some stuff, but it's not really a lie. Like, the offense is predicated around having him succeed in the red zone, and we've seen him do that in recent times. Right. What you're going to hear throughout this whole this whole ranking segment is, you know, if they're really that big of a focal point in the offense and how effective they are in the red zone. And not only has Jordan Reed proved that he's a focal point in the offense, he's proved that he's great in the red zone, but he's also proved that he's great between the 20s and he's actually very good in open space after the catch. So there's literally nothing to not like about Jordan Reed, except he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah. there's kind of like the two forms of tight ends. There's like either they were a basketball player or they just seem like one, the way yeah. they like juke around, mm-hmm. or they're just this big body guy that right. you know can't be – out blocked and then can just grab the ball yep our number five tight end is tyler eifert and here's the thing about tyler eifert he scores a lot a lot (laughs) he does 13 touchdowns uh two years ago i think he had eight in an injury ravaged year last year he missed early missed time early missed a game or two in the middle and missed a little bit of time late he just, but the dude just scores touchdowns, and he's got Andy Dalton's eye. They've got John Ross, who's who we really think is going to stretch out the defense. There's going to be a lot of area in the middle of the field, and that's where Tyler Eifert can live. And so I think he's due even for a big improvement because he'll get more catches before the red zone, and then in the red zone, you know they're at least going to take one shot to Eifert. Yeah, I like, um, you know, whenever I think of Eifert, I envision, like, for some reason, I always see him like breaking through that first line and then Dalton just kind of throwing up that little floater like 15 yards away and he jumps up and nabs it before the safety can come down and hit him and lands in the end zone. So he ha- he's had that for you know a couple years in his career, although it'd be inconsistent due to injury, but it's not inconsistent due to play. No, he's, he can, he's a baller. They were sorely missing him when he was gone. Mm-hmm. The red zone efficiency of the team – plummeted and uh it just in general since 2015 Eifert averages 1.78 fantasy points per target Gronk per target averages 1.56 interesting so when you use Eifert you know it's paying in dividends absolutely and and if you don't think the Bengals know that then hopefully they do right (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) Never know though. Uh, number they probably s- have it as a different metric. Yeah, fantasy point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably have it as something like yards. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't. I'm not gonna sit there and say that there aren't coaches who think about fantasy football. We have a 31 year old coach of the Los Angeles Rams. There's no way he hasn't gone through his life without having a fantasy team. He's too young not to. But. I am saying that Marvin Lewis is not the coach to think about fantasy football. He's got a lot of other stuff that he needs to keep track of off the field than his fantasy football no roster. Question. Unfortunately. L- Larry Donnell, who was it on the Giants a few years ago, scored like three touchdowns, but he didn't start himself, yeah. so he lost and came out and said that. Yeah. And I figure that's an appropriate anecdotal uh, tale 
for the tight end episode. Yeah, because <laughs> that's how tricky this position can be. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't even start yourself if yeah. you knew you were <laughs> yeah. game-planned heavily. Number six is Delaney Walker, and what a two-year span he's had with the Titans. He's been consistent. He's been healthy. He's been targeted in the red zone. He's been targeted between the 20s. Not much to hate. Um, Gronk's going to go high. Kelsey and Olsen are going to be in that third, fourth, fifth round range. Reed will be right behind them. Eifert, I think, depending on who's in your league, it's going to change where he goes. But Delaney Walker is a guy, to me, you're going to be able to get him in like the eighth or ninth round. He's going to be the fifth or sixth tight end taken off the board. And he's going to just give you that consistency at the position. And especially if you're in a PPR league, because he's getting five catches a game. They love dumping it down to him in the middle of the The three of us were all over him last year yep. in, in PPR and and, and he made us PPR look like geniuses and have PR performance and he did make us look very good to be honest as much as I like him and I really do I do expect a dip in his catches just overall I expect more from Decker Corey Davis I think overall that you know he's gonna drop not to you know I think he caught 90 plus passes the last two seasons so that dip might be you know he might drop down to 75 80 but guess what that's still better than Almost every tight end. I think the Decker edition does hurt him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another cool little fact about him. Walker leads all tight ends with 22 games of 10-plus PPR performances since 2015. So if you want a guy who's... 22 out of 32, right? Well, 22 out of all tight ends who have played in that... Oh, right, right, okay. Yeah. No, with, yeah, 22 games, I'm sorry. Right, right 22 saying... games out of 32 games in the last two seasons. Oh, yeah, I guess. That makes sense. Thanks. <laughs> anyway. You tricked me. <laughs> That's all. Oh, okay. Great. Number eight. Or sorry, number seven. I even threw myself off with that one, Tom. I'm sorry. <laughs> number seven is Jimmy Graham. This is a dude who tore his patellar tendon on a freak accident in the end zone. And he came back last year and he was he had some games where he looked like the Jimmy Graham who was breaking goalposts with his touchdown dunks in New Orleans. He looked that good at times last year. And I, to me, I don't see how they don't expand his role this year. I agree. I like all the Seahawks this year for the most part, especially in the receiving game. It was brave to draft him last year in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. it was. I, I, like, admired it when people in our league were starting him. He, he actually whooped me. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. And I admired it. It was early in the season. I was like, that was you know what? Really that was cool. That was cool. And you you beat me. And yeah. he's going pretty late as far as ADP for how well I think he did and how much he kind of shored up the the cloudiness around him. Now I don't think he's out of the woods forever with that injury. I think that's a pretty uh an injury that nags at the professional athletes, but I'm excited about him, and I'm very tempted by him. Just the fact that he came back and was really productive with that injury, which has actually been a death sentence um, for a lot of football players, is is nothing to be, you know, nothing to look at and say, all right, I'm, I'm going to stay away from him because of that injury. I think, but I I don't really see him doing much better than he did last year. I just think the Seahawks' offense doesn't really dictate for it. But luckily for fantasy owners out there. That means still a top 10 tight end. Totally. I would take that performance this year and like knowing if I was getting the exact same uh, production as Sign last year, up. I would draft him. 
He was definitely one of the most heartwarming surprises of the fantasy season last year. Yeah, felt good. One of the more interesting surprises of the offseason before last fantasy season was that the Patriots traded the Bears for Martellus Bennett. What was even more surprising, though, is that Martellus Bennett was back-end tight end one value for most of the year. And he was helped by the fact that Gronk was in and out with injuries, but he had a big game in the Super Bowl. He almost had the game-winning touchdown. If he wasn't interfered with, he probably would have caught the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. You know, and now he goes from Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers, possibly the only way he could have gotten into a better situation at quarterback was going from Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers. And I see double-digit touchdowns for Martellus Bennett, and I don't see how anyone's going to stand in his way, especially if he can gain Rodgers' trust, which if he's that talented, he should be able to. I think the most like rivaled and uh, you know kind of hated on pass catchers in the NFL community this year have to be Brandon Cooks and Marty B. Brandon Cooks obviously goes from Breeze to Brady, and now Marty B goes from Brady to Rodgers, and... I think this year, you're right. I think that he is going to benefit even more so than he was on the Patriots. And I really like him this year. I always have been a big fan of him. Even when he was on the Giants and they let him go, I was like, why are they letting that guy go? He's so good and he's so big. And and a good thing about him, too, is that he's such a good blocker that he doesn't really come off the field. Yeah, it won't be totally obvious when they're intending to get the next ball to him. That's right. But... The one thing that gives me pause is Aaron Rodgers doesn't really feature the tight end too much historically. They haven't had great success with him. He hasn't had the best tight ends, though, either. I mean, the last one that I could think of that was truly fantasy relevant, aside from Richard Rodgers, was Jermichael Finley. And even then... That was like yeah. 2010. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's been it's a little been a while. while. Yeah. Um, if anyone can do it, it's Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I wouldn't. it wouldn't shock me. If it doesn't become this beautiful marriage. Right. Hmm. I mean, I think it's going to be great, but I'm also a pseudo Packers fan, so I don't know if my opinion in that should matter. It's, it's hard to, to see someone who's been th- who's that physically dominant and has shown it on the field in games when paired with a quarterback that good to not see something greater than he's ever yeah. reached, in my eyes at least. Yeah, and they haven't had a player with Bennett's talents. At the tight end position. They that's thought it was going to be Jared Cook, but it, I think it just took Jared Cook too long to figure it out in yeah. Green Bay. And that's, I think, part of why he left. And that's Also sort that of the Raiders offered him way more money. Green Bay, I've said this on a, on a different episode, but they're an in-house organization, you know? So I guess it bodes well that they traded for him because that means they truly wanted him. Well, they, they signed him. He was a free or agent. Signed, you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm sorry for messing that up, but th- they went out and got him. They don't generally do that all the time. No. So it means they really did want slash need him. So at number nine, we've got Kyle Rudolph. And, you know, it's it's June. So I'm going to try to have you guys not make the reindeer jokes. (laughs) Okay? Because we don't need that until at least the end of October. I can manage. But when I see Christmas decorations... All bets are off. But Rudolph... He really is the red zone tight end. Yeah, he had a bigger market you know, share great. in the red zone than uh, any other tight end last year. Uh, Sam Bradford loves him. He's a accurate kind of guy. So, like, 
the well, the most accurate kind of guy ever in the NFL, apparently. Yep. But that sort of dump relationship with a with a, with a tight end is very uh, conducive to the way that Sam Bradford plays. Yeah, that position under Sam Bradford has always succeeded, and um, it just so happens that he's got himself a pretty big beast of a tight end now. And I think you saw the benefit of that for Bradford last year. And I think you'll continue to see the benefit of that for Rudolph in year two. The thing to be weary of, though, is that Rudolph has not had that many yards. I think he was in the 800s, high 800s, ever in his career. Yeah. By a lot, by a few hundred. Yeah. So this will be an interesting year to see how long that can go for. But like I was saying with the system and with Bradford, I do believe that it's the right spot for a guy like him. I think – I just think that – He's very touchdown dependent, like you said, Tom. And I think that's, that's the one problem that I'm going to have with Rudolph. But it did seem like he was getting past that trend last year. As far as a tight end goes, he gets bailed out in PPR and half-point PPR. You're not going to use him as a flex or anything like right. that unless the matchup was totally there. But, you know, his him, comparing him to his tight end compadres, you know, you only need so much less yeah as a tight end to, to separate yourself yeah right or at least be in the tight end one conversation exactly well here's a guy who really started to separate himself towards the end of last year and that's our number 10 tight end zach Ertz. he and carson wentz didn't appear to be on the right page and i feel like we go through this with Ertz every year where he's a big sleeper guy at the beginning of the year and then by week six you're like all right, I got to cut this guy Ertz. He's not doing anything for me, and I think I can go get a different guy. But then in, like, week 14 and on, he balls out. Yeah, so he's, is... a really, he's been a really tough guy to peg for the last few years, but if you've been able to hold on to him or snag him off the waiver wire late in your seasons, he's probably been a really big boost for you. Ertz is such a sleeper that he actually sleeps through the first eight weeks of the season. <laughs> there you go. He's a hibernator. <laughs> he's, he's the Rip Van Winkle of he's fantasy He's an oversleeper. But I expect him to actually start a little stronger at the beginning of this year. Um, I thought him and Wentz got a pretty good rapport going last he year. He really overtook Jordan Matthews as Wentz's favorite target at yeah, the end of the year. I just kind of like him as a chain mover in that offense. I like how, not that this is the Matthews talk, but you know, adding Alshon... Um, Jordan Matthews will go back into the slot where he's had a lot more success. Torrey Smith they brought in Torrey as well. Torrey Smith. And then Ertz can play where he's got to play. Like Everyone has a, a more established role. Last year it seemed like things were just going crazy. Yeah. They couldn't. They had the most drops of uh, any team. So it was like Ertz pulling double duty, Matthews pulling double duty. No one else. Tr- like It seemed like they weren't trying. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. So yeah, two I think, starting outside receivers won't be on the team. Yeah, I just think with the the more proper pieces in place that they'll all succeed yeah. a little more. Number 11, we've got Jack Doyle. And this was a guy who I literally didn't know existed until he scored a couple of touchdowns in, early in the year. And he kept doing that. He kept scoring touchdowns. Um, he kept outperforming Dwayne Allen so much so that the Colts traded him to the Patriots, and now he's going to be Andrew Luck's number one tight end. And Andrew Luck has has produced a high-performing tight end pretty much every year he's been in the league. So I don't see why Jack Doyle can't repeat that this year. It's a position in that organization that has been fantasy relevant for as long as I know. And I think he's one of the more talented guys that's actually going to pass through it. Uh, Colby Fleener 
we see him go to the Saints. Like he really wasn't all that. Him and Andrew Luck were buddies in college, so that was right. like his and you know, that's, best. That's kind of what I was thinking too was that the uh, the Colts, even when they drafted um, Andrew Luck, they also drafted a tight end that they thought they were going to get a very good rapport with right off the bat. And it didn't actually work out. And through that not working out and through injury, they pull in their third string tight end. And it turns out that Jack Doyle has the best rapport with Luck than, than any other tight end he's ever had. He walks into a role with no Dwayne Allen, no Kobe Fleener. It seems as though it's going to be his show. I'd love Jack Doyle this year. And I think that he's the kind of guy that you're going to get so late. Like, you know, like maybe even double digit rounds yeah. is possible because it is when you're ranking, you know, 11th consensus, that that's where those guys typically fall. And he could return value. That's better than, you know, Jimmy Graham or somebody like that. It's kind of a, a thick group of tight ends this year. You know, it, I would like to see Jack Doyle higher, but I'm happy that he isn't in a way because I kind of like to wait on the position when I'm drafting. Right. And I, we, you really can get him in the double-digit rounds. And that's a steal, in my opinion. I agree. I, it's a guy that I am majorly, majorly targeting. All righty. Well, coming in at number 12, we've got another guy who can definitely pay off some pretty big dividends. He came out of nowhere uh, for the Chargers last year. We've got Hunter Henry at number 12. He had 36 catches last year. Eight were touchdowns. That's one out of four. So his catches. So yeah, a little less than one out of four. So if you think that he is going to be used in any more capacity than he was last year, which pretty much everybody believes that this guy could have a, a crazy touchdown season. And in a, in a league, maybe a standard league where a tight end is, you know, he's getting you four or getting a touchdown. Hunter Henry is a guy that you can definitely target. And it seems like, Pencil in a good amount of touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, we know Rivers loves going to the tight end. He's really been, he and Gates have the most touchdowns between a quarterback and a tight end of all time. Hugely valid point. <laughs> hashtag stats. Um, and they specifically said, and I can't believe they actually admitted this, but the Chargers coaching staff admitted that they were playing Gates over Hunter Henry last year because he was chasing down records and they were eliminated from the playoffs. Well, it's a new season. Like they're not gonna do that this year, and maybe and if you really think that they might, yeah, maybe they try it for you know week one, week two. But guess what? We've got Hunter Henry as our twelfth ranked tight end. Unless you're in a twelve team league, he's a tight end too that you're drafting. So if you want to take one of those guys, and if you're a little weary about starting him week one because I think Gates needs like two or three touchdowns to set the record, maybe they try to go for it week one and then they shut him down. And then they say, okay, Gates, it's Henry's show. Like, we can't afford putting this off anymore. But this guy's coming. You know, you don't have that rate of scoring a touchdown per, for each catch that like Henry did last year and not deserve more looks this year. So I think this guy is a big-time breakout candidate. Yeah, and by all accounts within the organization, they say he can do it all. Yeah. From a breakout candidate to a breakout candidate, <laughs> our number 13 fantasy tight end is Cameron Brake. You know, they they drafted another tight end in the draft. O.J. Howard OJ from Howard. Alabama, first-round pick. Yeah, so that was a little uh, disturbing to the Cameron Brake fan club. You know, I, I... Tom, actually one of the leaders of that fan club. Yeah, I... 
I was on Cameron Brait for a long time, not to toot my own horn, because I just didn't like Austin Safaria and Jenkins' attitude. All right. The Bucks didn't either. Yeah, and the Bucks stopped there, because they brought in Cameron Brait, <laughs> and he made fantasy Brait again. All right, we gotta we gotta just set the record <laughs> for sure puns did. now. We gotta go for it. <laughs> so let's break the ice and keep it moving. Yeah, I think that that you know. He survived, like you said, he survived ASJ last year. And, um, you know, tight ends have historically struggled acclimating to the NFL. Um, for me, this is a, a consistency ranking. I think that um, Jameis sees a familiar set of hands when he throws the ball to Cameron Brait. And sometimes as a tight end, you know, kind of like Jack Doyle was is building upon that familiarity. Um, I think Brait is building upon that familiarity as well. So I don't see them... Just giving up on them, and one thing that um, Don touched on in the in the receiver rankings is that he actually believes that OJ Howard will be split out wide and play a little bit more receiver. And, and they I, did they did that a lot with Brait actually as well. So he kind of has the Bucks are really trying to break the mold of how they <laughs> use their tight ends, right? So I think that that's really interesting because Brait was used a lot in the slot after Adam Humphreys was concussed into oblivion, right? So. I think I think there's a role. I think there's a role built in for Brait. I think they drafted OJ Howard simply because it's another weapon, and they're going to figure out his role while Brait maintains his. I mean, if they stop using him, it would just be heartbreak. I guess. I guess <laughs> what we're just trying to say is, don't pump the Braits yet. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to let you tie the go. <laughs> I don't have any more time to you. I was sitting on that one for a okay. while. Our number. F- 14 tight end is Eric Ebron. Now, let me just point out that if you put an L in front of his name, his last name is Eric LeBron. He is not the LeBron James of tight ends, but it always seems like he could be. There was a three-week stretch last year where he got 10-plus targets. He had eight catches for 105. There was another game where he had like 10 catches for 160 yards, and it looked like Eric Ebron was going to be the, the next great tight end. And then, And then Thanksgiving happened. And I was heartbroken because he had no targets. <laughs> you know, I, I think don't at, get it. I think at this point of tight ends, like every guy, every name you read, you're like, ah, maybe. But you know, for me, there's more of a negative connotation to it. And I think he's the leader of that campaign. Last year, he had tons of opportunities to score, and you know, he really struggled to make it through games and really make the impact that I wanted to see. I actually had him in a league for a couple weeks for a few weeks of heartache. But, um, you know, to me, if you don't have a tight end by this point, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you're letting – because Eric Ebron's our 14th-ranked tight end. So if you're taking Eric Ebron as your number one tight end, that means that three teams – actually, four teams took two tight ends before you took one. So if you're waiting on Eric Ebron, it's it's your team, so you're gonna have to live with that. But we're telling you that you should not do that if you're in a stand or if you're in a ten man. Rather. Right, right. There's other uh, forms out there. If you guys are in a real deep league, he might be a decent option. I think he gets yards. He's struggled in the red zone so far, but and really struggled with drops. Yeah, he hasn't been great. I mean, he hasn't been great. <laughs> <laughs> We got to move on. But I just think that it, he can right the ship 
he was a first round pick. They still like him. Blah blah blah. Um, I'm not drafting him probably, but I think it's possible. He to may it and out. he may go undrafted. He, good, he might, he's a guy that might not get drafted, so he's definitely got to keep your eye on in the waiver wire because if he ever turns it on, we know he's got the athletic ability. We know he's got the size to be a real problem for defenses. He just hasn't performed at that level yet. So we're going to round out our top 15 with Zach Miller from the Bears, and the Bears had a carousel at quarterback, but Zach Miller really performed pretty well for most of that time. And... They've got uh, Mike Glennon now. Mike Glennon is the only reason that Austin Safarian Jenkins was relevant in fantasy football when he came in um, before the Bucks got Jameis Winston. So maybe there's something there. And, you know, Zach Miller can can be the security blanket for Mike Glennon. We all know that if, if the Glennon experiment doesn't work out, they've got Trubisky coming down the pike. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be ownership or GM pressure to, for John Fox to put Trubisky in. So... What do rookie quarterbacks do? They panic and dump down to the tight end. So I think Zach Miller, no matter who the quarterback is, in a really weird way, because we know the Bears are going to be terrible, but in a really weird way, Zach Miller's got a nice fantasy outlook for this year. Yeah, and I think it's it's really um, volume-related for me. There's not really anyone there who's going to contend, even on a on a target basis with him including the receivers besides uh like maybe Cameron Meredith. So, I still see as long as he can stay healthy and stay in the lineup, he's going to get a lot of looks and um it's very possible that he catches them in, but I think it's equally as possible that th- there's games where he has complete duds. Yeah, he's a serviceable tight end. You know, he's one of those guys where if you needed to bring someone in for a week, Totally, by all means, yeah. you know. Unless he's not you, like a draft a stud tight end and start as your flex guy. He's had um, good years and he's had good streaks, but uh, I think he's had some concussion issues even. Yes. Yep. So, you know, you're not going to get the entire season out of him likely. So I, I might look elsewhere, truthfully. There's even some good guys we didn't get to. I, we're not going to have time to rattle through them all, but, you know, your Jason Wittens, your CJ Fedorowicz. Yeah. There's... There's guys who have guys, proven it. Yeah, there's, at least a little there's bit still more. guys out there. I'm not saying yeah. I just have Zach Miller ranked a little There's low. a very good chance that unless um like last year I drafted Zach Miller, but the reason I drafted Zach Miller is because I also drafted Tyler Eifert and I had a feeling that he was gonna be able to get me through the, the early part of the season. And I think that that's kind of where Zach Miller comes in because he has a higher floor kind of than some of these guys. If you wanted to to go Witten or Fedorowitz over him, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bat an eye at it really. But I think that's why he's he's up there at 15 for us because because he has a, a higher floor than some of these other guys. Yeah, and you think about last year. Um, there was no Fedorowicz, really. There was no Jack Doyle, really. Mm-hmm. There was no Cameron Bray, you know? So, yeah. And I, a lot of people were just completely up ignoring into Kyle tight Rudolph. end one category right yeah. there already. Yeah. You're right. So, like Tom said, we can't cover all the tight ends because, quite frankly, we don't need to. You're probably only <laughs> going to start one. And if you can get two of the top ten, maybe you start one as your flex. But I, we just think that there's better options. But still... There are some guys where we can just feel it. I can feel it down in my plums. So let's make our plum picks, gentlemen. These are picks who these are picks of our guys who we think 
We don't even really have any statistics to back it up. We just feel it. We just feel like they're they're coming for a big year. And I don't know if we've started with with Tom for any of these. So I think Tom, I think we're gonna start with you. I'll lead off here. So I'm uh feeling a little action down in my plums <laughs> about uh Austin Hooper. You may have heard of him. Who may have heard he's a tight end on the Atlanta Falcons. They have a couple others. Jacob Tammy, not worried about him. Toy Lolo. He belongs in the Toy Lolit this year. Because <laughs> this year is all about Austin Hooper. Got a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He was a highly touted draft pick. Um, people were talking about him as a sleeper last year, so now you got the kind of post-hype sleeper buzz. He had like a little mini run in the middle of last year. Yeah, and he, you know, he was just splitting the ball a little bit too much. I don't think the Falcons are going to realize, or I think the Falcons are going to realize that they don't need to be carrying all these tight ends that, you know, are not as good as Austin Hooper. They're going to have not trouble. Not as young, too. Not as young. They're going to have trouble affording um, all their studs that they have right now. So if they want to keep the band together, they better hop aboard the Austin Hooper Express. <laughs> I like that. Thanks. And you won't have to jump through hoops to get them. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Scotty, who you got? So mine is a guy who's really, I'm basing it off of his past successes, and it's Julius Thomas and how effective he was in an Adam Gase offense. Um, Peyton Manning offense. Right, sure. Right. Well, Adam Gase was the offensive coordinator, and um, he was there watching the plays, so I think he knows how (laughs) Julius Thomas operates in a certain fashion. And I think that he is going to be able to get – the skills out of him that the hapless Jaguars coaching staff wasn't able to last year. Um, I'm hopeful that Julius can have a full season and we see the orange Julius from back in his old days, maybe in that in that Worth uh, pointing out that the Dolphins have orange uniforms. Right, exactly. That's, Thank you, Don. That's what he's you know, going for. <laughs> right, maybe in that secondary orange jersey, he returns that orange Julius status. And oh, yeah. um, I think it's possible um, – that you're obviously you're going to be able to get him whenever you want. You're probably going to be able to pull him off the waivers, which there's not going to be any single player that is a pass catcher that's had the, the seasons success. that he had on the waiver wire. Interesting. I agree. I like it. My plum pick is one of the rookies, and I think one of the rookies that's going to buck this trend here is David Joku. He's out of Miami. Miami, producer of Greg Olson, producer of Jimmy Graham. They're a tight end university, and he is being touted as one of the most athletic tight ends they've ever had there. This is a guy who runs like a wide receiver. So maybe he ends up playing like a wide receiver as as a rookie instead of as a tight end. This is a guy who they were so happy that they drafted in the first round. They cut Gary Barnage, or Gary Gronkage, the next day. The barnyard dog. They did not even wait until the rest of the draft unfolded. They were like, hey, man, we got Njoku. You got to go. So I think they believe in him. Brock Osweiler fed CJ Fedorowicz until he was stuffed last year. And I think he can do the same with Njoku. And even if it's not Brock Osweiler starting, even if it becomes Deshaun Kaiser, even if they bring it back to Cody Kessler, Kessler and Barnage had a good working relationship last year. I think they want to package Joku, they want to make him a featured part of this offense, and I think that he could end up possibly turning in a 
a high-end tight end two value, which would mean he would be a great bye week fill-in and possibly a spot starter when he gets plus matchups. I'm in. And I think you sold that very well. Yeah, you know the the whole Brock Osweiler Fedorowicz combination. I think was very nicely tied in, and also they're going to be losing a lot, and he. It seems like he's going to be their best. Ah, well, Kenny Britt's Kenny good, Britt. too. So Corey Coleman. Coleman showed flashes. Too. Yeah, I, I'm not as high. I think he's already on hurt again. Yeah, he is. So, you know, maybe you know. Njoku slides into that to that number two receiving option. I think he's, he's going to prime position. He's in the best position out of any of the uh, other rookie tight ends coming into this season. Evan Ingram's in a pretty good spot as far as I'm concerned. So that does it for our official rankings. We've done... This is we've recorded our quarterbacks, our running backs, our wide receivers, and our tight ends all in a row. And just like we would suggest you do in your fantasy drafts, where you wait until the very end to take your kicker and your defense, we're doing that right now. We're <laughs> going to tell you a little bit about kickers and defense. Um, you know, everybody's going to kind of probably tell you take your defense in the last round, in the second to last round, take your kicker in the last round. We're going to kind of talk about what we like to do. And Scott, since we started with Tom for the plum picks, I want to start with you. Tell me what your plan is for kickers and defense or what you think people should do with their kicker and their defense this year. Well, there's only one kicker that I will reach for, and it's Justin Tucker. And he is just so good and has been so consistent his whole career. The only field goal he missed last year was blocked. So, you know, for me, that's a guy who... Honestly, I might even take him as high as, you know, the 11th round. And a lot of people might scoff at that. But the fact of the matter is, is you're picking you're picking late receivers who you're probably going to drop at that point. I'm picking a guy who's going to get me close to 15 a week. The funny thing is, is that you were on Justin Tucker before, like, this Last year was the Justin rise. Tucker coming out party. Yeah, right, so, but I was on it before oh, that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so you're... I, it, like when you said, "Oh, I, I'll reach for Justin Tucker." Like now, reaching for Justin Tucker is going to be a whole new can of worms. Like, yeah, it's going to be really tough for you to get that guy. And I know you love him, so yeah, I just want to let you down easy now. Yeah, you're probably not going to get him. Especially that's now why that I said ten or yeah. eleven because yeah. you know I used to be able to reach for him in twelve, thirteen. Whereas now that wasn't the up. case last year, and he had a better season last year than any kicker really has ever had for the most part. Besides, you know, and there's some other guys that I like at kicker. I like to obviously you need to pick high scoring offenses. You want to pick guys who play in a dome. So Matt Bryant kind of tees up very well for you to own. Last year he was, um, I think he may have actually been the highest scoring kicker obviously percentage wise Tucker was um you know Gostowski scores a lot of points but for me I'm reaching for Tucker and that's it on the flip side on defense I draft the defense that I'm going to start in week one and that's it and you do ma- and so just to, just for clarity's sake you're a matchup based defense 100% oh I really always have been except you know there's one league that I play in that scores defense in a very high regard where you get a lot more points there's things like tackles for loss and and interceptions count as more so in a league like that where defenses may be scoring as much as receivers which by the way this is something to think about if you play in a standard league um, there's a lot of good defenses. Like the Broncos were probably just as good as maybe a running back two or three last year in a standard league. 
So just something to think about in those leagues. You might want to take a defense a little higher. But for me personally, as a person who doesn't play in a ton of standard leagues, the defense that I pick week one almost has no bearing. I'm not even kidding. I started the Browns defense week one last year in a league. I think they I remember played, that. Who Weren't they, they playing play? the Jets? The or Eagles, it the was. Eagles? And I was like, Carson Wentz isn't ready, and he torched them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, well, the no one knew Yeah. The streaming defenses thing can be troublesome because obviously the Browns were terrible last year. They went 1 and 15. And in week 16, they had a matchup against the Chargers. And there was a stretch there where the Chargers defense was scoring touchdowns. They were getting a ton of sacks. And so I, was, so I had them. And I had them, I think, in like week 12. And I was like, and at that point, I felt like the team that I had was was championship caliber. So I was like, if I hold on to this Chargers defense and I end up in the championship, I'm going to feel like I have like a secret weapon. So I hold on to him and I hold on to him and I hold on to him. And the Browns beat the Chargers in week 16 last year. Yep. And granted, they bailed me out. The Chargers had 10 sacks in that game. But there are dangers to it. Like Scott said, like sometimes, it, sometimes if you get a little too cute, you pick up the Browns against... Carson Wentz in his first start, and he torches them. But at the other rate, I picked up Miami's defense, who was struggling last year, and they blocked a punt against the Jets and returned it for a touchdown. Then they blocked another field goal. Then they had a punt return for a touchdown, and they put up 22. So it can go either way. Like Scott, like you said, the Broncos' defense, I think the Seahawks' defense is due for a bounce back. Houston. Houston's defense. Kansas City's defense. Always good. Cincinnati always has a high sack number, and if you don't have – a tackle for lost league like the one Scott's in. If you're only sacks, you gotta go with a team that's gonna consistently get sacks. Yes, and even more so than getting interception because we all know those can be on fluky plays. Fumbles can be on fluky plays. You want a team because sacks can travel anywhere. So that's what I want. My kicker, I just always end up just like falling in love with like one random kicker, and I try <laughs> to get him in every league. Last year it was Cairo Santos for me. I haven't really done my research and figured it out it may very well be Cairo Santos again um but yeah for my like but in terms of that like I'm not reaching for any of the defenses that I just named if they fall to me in the 13th or 14th round that's great because that's typically what I do I try to like Tom like you said you want to zag when other people are zigging I go 13th round kicker or defense and then 14th round the opposite of what I took because then when everybody's taking their kickers and their defenses in the last round I can get who I think might be that late round flyer that yeah, I can Yeah, and maybe they were so low that they were no, on no one's radar anyway. Right, yeah. right. So my, my Zay Jones, if you will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. For me, um, kicker is always basically last. Um, I just want someone who can kick a 50-yard field goal. There are some guys that just don't even get the chance to do it. So you were a big McManus guy so, last yeah, year. Yeah, so you don't want them. Yeah, I'll, I'll take McManus. And In he the goes thin area games of the year. Yeah, it's it's totally fine for me to, to drop the kicker, pick up a different guy. It, it, to me, the only reason you don't want to do that is it's like – you just left a slot machine and some guy sits down and hits the big ticket. You and, know? and one thing I will say too is that um, if you're going to do that, don't waste your waiver claim. Oh, yeah, no way. For sure on a, on a kicker. You know, it's that's Wait just. Wait until that waiver period rolls through and everybody's a free agent. Sometimes I will I would use it on a defense. Like, let's say maybe I, would I use just use, use my claim and, uh, you know, I'm towards the back end. I'll use it on a defense, maybe stay at the back end. But with kickers, you know. Wait till they're free agents. There's plenty of them that can get double digits in a week. 
almost any of them as a candidate to get double digits in a week, and that's all you can ever ask for in a kicker. If someone drops like the Chiefs defense or anything like that, I, I would be very tempted to use a waiver. Uh, one that you didn't mention that I think is going to be pretty good is the uh, Vikings. They had a great oh, year yeah, last great, year. Great point. Uh, they'll be good. I don't think anyone's going to kick to Tyreek. I don't even think Tyreek is actually returning kicks this year. So He'll probably just be on punts. Yeah, so I, I'm not even sure he's going to be doing that. But uh, a defense that I'm targeting right now in mock drafts, which, you know, it could change so much, is the Chargers, like you were mentioning, Don. With uh, the advent of Joey Bosa, he's getting a lot of sacks, so you can count on that. He had three in that week 16 scenario yeah, that I brought uh, up. Casey Hayward actually led the league in interceptions. Very good cornerback. So, you know, you, you want that. Those are the couple things you want. And uh, they're pretty much free. Like, they're a 13, 14th round pickup uh, defense kind of deal in mock drafts right now, which I think is pretty cool. That's the one I'm targeting. Uh, the Giants are semi-available in that arena. The Giants aren't as big of a I'm going to score fantasy points defense. They're more of a I'm not going to let you score real points defense. Yeah. Which, which always know, helps. It does translate, but it's it's not the big play. Not in the extent thing. that you would think it would. Yeah. And uh, with the, the Chargers, so week one they play the Broncos – at Denver, so it's like not great, yeah. but if they keep it just but low scoring. But that game scoring, could be 9-7. Exactly. So sometimes when the game is just low scoring, that's all you needed. Right. Yep. It's um one defense it, too. Um another point to that is uh Arizona. Mm-hmm. They actually let up a fair amount of points in games where they really went off because they're such an opportunistic defense. Such a playmaking defense. Right, exactly. So there were games where they may have let up 30 points on the scoreboard but they still scored you 20 for your fantasy team. The Eagles are always good out of nowhere, too. If you Sproles. If, Sproles. Yeah, if you've got nothing going on and they're available, yep. you know. And it's always fun to watch Sproles just scoot around. Oh, yeah. He's, like, gliding on the grass when everybody else is, like, running on And he's also crazy. a great yeah. 15th-round pick. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. He always makes his way into the starting roster of some team. At some, some point. And, you know, one just the point that I really think that – I want to drive home with kickers and defenses, and I think you guys will agree, is that I think they're worth the reach in a standard league as long as they're scored in the original fashion that they are, where a kicker gets five for a 50-yard field goal, four for a 40, three for a 30, and you know one for an extra point. I think that you know all they have to do is kick two field goals, and they could easily have a better week than Antonio Brown, which... Is kind of crazy. I mean, not easily. Antonio Brown. It but, happens. Yeah. So actually, in my standard league, we just voted to nerf kickers. Everything they do is nerfed by fifty percent. So a fifty-yard field goal is now two point five, which makes sense because the the proportion where you're not getting that those bailout points on receptions and stuff is disproportionately affecting the importance of kickers. Right. Games are being decided. Like a kicker scores twenty points. That's over a fifth of the the team's points usually so in the standard league that that's too much it's, it is too much so I, I was glad that my my league adapted that but if your league is scoring that you know it's one of the things that you need to pay attention to just like how i said my league my one league is was pretty heavily defense driven where you can have a defense put up a lot of points make sure you check the rules of the league before you go into the draft because you can take advantage of small things like that that you think might not make the difference but they actually do Definitely. And the Jets... Read the rules. It should go without saying, but you'd be surprised. Yep. The Jets are going to stink it up, so... Uh, I was I was actually just about to get into my... I always have a list of teams where I'm like, 
I'm going to attack the targets. teams that are playing these guys. So the Jets, I have the Bears, mm-hmm. the Browns, the 49ers. If you're big into accident-prone quarterbacks, I think the Jags are always a good option because you know Bortles, if they get down big, is going to be throwing a lot. And yeah, you might give up some points because they're getting garbage time touchdowns. But at the same point, if you're, you know, Bortles throws a lot of pick sixes and the giants, they didn't score a lot last year. Eli's very, very interception and fumble prone, maybe more so than anybody, any starting quarterback in the league. So there's a lot of different ways you can go. So you don't have to feel like you're targeting a certain team and and bye weeks are going to mess everybody up with kickers and defenses because that's the conundrum that you get in because it's almost better to find a high-scoring kicker in the middle of the season than draft one After because if you're drafting a kicker, like if you're drafting Tucker, Scott, you are going to carry two kickers for at least one week of the season because you're going to need somebody to t- play during Tucker's bye week, but you're not going to cut Justin Tucker to do it. If Tucker's on my roster, he's never coming off. Right. Right, exactly. Also, the year that Matt Bryant finished um, one, I think two years ago. Right Last before, year. Well, I, I think even two years ago, he was unowned in most drafts. So yeah, he was right. just a guy who was starting to get picked up. He yeah, wasn't I had even... him in a couple of leagues last year, and I got him off the waiver wire. Oh, so that was last year? Yeah. Man, my bad. Yeah, so it, the whole point is, is, you know, it's it's really... It's fluid. It's terribly unimportant. Uh, Goskowski just did horrible last year. He had the year yips last far, year yeah, out of so nowhere. You don't know what can happen, and all these silly things go down. And and I'll just football, say so. there's one, only really one kicker that I've taken off my board. And it's Roberto Aguayo. Okay, because you don't believe in the comeback, huh? I don't believe that you draft a second round quarterback kicker. and then bring in another kicker to compete with him because you're really confident in that second round kicker's ability. So they've already shown that they're ready to give up on him if necessary. And if he starts, if even if he wins the job, he's not out of the woods. You know, they're, they they've already brought in kickers who are familiar with the facility. So why would they not keep? those kickers that they brought in on speed dial and be like, Hey, listen, we're going to go with this guy. Cause we believe in him, but you better believe that if he starts costing us games, we're going to call you. So I don't know that I want to invest any shares in Roberto Aguayo because I don't know on a weekly basis, if he's going to shank two twenty yarders or drill three forty yarders. And I need somebody who I can trust. So I don't even really look at points last year so much as I look at accuracy from last year. I just look if they can hit 50 bombs, and that's good enough <laughs> for me. I think we've. I don't uh, know how we haven't mentioned Janikowski yet. Janikowski, good one too. I think we've kind of beaten the uh, defense and kicker yeah. thing. Yeah, that, went, that went way longer. Than a I thought lot we longer than it has it. to be. So we apologize for uh, boring you to sleep. If you crash your car, anything of the sort. People listen to this when they drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Drive safe. This uh, podcast just got super real for oh no reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, I'll bring it back. A Jake Butt is in the NFL, <laughs> and he's a tight end. All right, uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star review and ask us a question, we will answer it on our show. Yeah, um, we're, we're all in on Cameron Brait puns, too, so you can throw those in your review yeah, as well. Yeah, just get funny in down there. Uh, subscribe, share the podcast yeah. with everyone. On Twitter, we are at RutzFF, R-U-T-S-F-F. Don is at Why So Serious. I am like the Joker. Hillier FF. 
Scott is at Wags FF. That's right. And we will. So we've 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 done the rankings, guys. We, the we rankings, got through rankings day. This is early rankings, so early we're going to have to yeah. come back to uh, the true rankings yeah. right before draft time, and we'll keep you updated. We're going to shift our own personal rankings, and we'll we'll talk about who we're cooling and heating on, and all that sort of stuff. We'll bring in some new segments. We'll try to have a lot of fun this year. And uh, and hopefully help you guys win a championship. Most importantly, yeah. Make sure you stay tuned because, like they said, you know, there's a lot of fluidity in these ranks, and um, something as simple as as a report and an article, you know, can change the minds of people so so quickly. So you know, before you go reading that article that Don't says Dalvin pieces. Cook is going to be the best running back in the NFL. You know, maybe maybe you tweet at us and uh, we tell you why that might not be the case, or maybe why you have some some reason to believe, you know, whatever you may be thinking. Yeah, yeah. and how about you, instead of tweeting at us, you know, give us a five star review and ask us about them, or do both. <laughs> I'm a fan of both. Uh, but anyway, that's our show. That's the conclusion of our rankings. If you haven't yet listened to our quarterback, running back, and wide receiver rankings, please make sure you do so. Uh, we've got some really great information and fewer puns in those as well uh but until then we'll see you soon with some more great fantasy football talk and until we see you next time keep scoring